What's up, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Path of Pro Podcast. I have a very special guest on today. We had to give people what they want, and they wanted some more women's players on this podcast, and obviously I wanted that as well. So here's another player from our Women's Combine going to be happening at the end of this month in February. We have Jamie Turntine here with us. Jamie, welcome, and thank you so much. Hey, everybody, and thanks for having me. I really appreciate you reaching out, and um, I like that people want to have more women soccer players involved, so I love it. Yes, we're super excited to have you and get to know your story about where you are and your thoughts on being at the Combine. But first, we just want to kind of get to know who you are, where you were born and grew up, kind of like your youth career in soccer. Yeah, um, so I was born and raised in the Bay Area, in San Leandro to be specific, Um, And I kind of hopped around um, clubs growing up. So I started like in the local San Leandro League um, in Pee Wee's, I think it was called when I was like four or five. Um, And then kind of moved around Hayward, Castro Valley, Union City. Um, And then I ended my uh, youth career at Mustang in Danville. And yeah, and I just I was really lucky. My parents kind of just threw me into every sport growing up just Um, to see what I was interested in but I was always around soccer just because my dad still played and he played a lot growing up Um, but soccer was the one that I definitely fell in love with obviously because I'm still playing but um, yeah that's a little background. Nice and at what age did you think you knew that you wanted to pursue soccer at the next level that be college and then after that obviously in the pros? Yeah um, I think growing up soccer I was just like the only thing I had my eye on and it wasn't until I'd say middle school that uh, my parents had to give me a little reality check like okay um, we know you love soccer but is this something you seriously want to pursue at the college level Um, because at that point my parents were like you know you have to start training different and kind of putting yourself more out there Um, and so I think around middle school is when that was kind of presented to me and then around uh, seventh eighth grade is when I made the decision Um, or started to decide if I wanted to move clubs um, just to get more college exposure. And so by freshman year, I definitely was pursuing playing college soccer. Um, And then professionally, I actually didn't think about playing until about a year or two ago. Um, I took some time off after college soccer, and I was completely done with the game. And then um, I'm sure like most people, we end up coming back to it, whether it be in rec leagues as we grow up or whatever. Um, And so professional soccer was my way of coming back to it. I also played in college. And when I decided to transfer to St. Mary's is what we'll get into. We're both alumni college. Um, I went, I went to a different school and I transferred to St. Mary's and just decided to focus on my career and just not, not thinking that I wanted to be in soccer sports media. I wanted to work like in basketball or like football, mm-hmm. like the main sports. But then soccer was just obviously what I knew. And that's what I got back into. And I always, yeah. thought, you just go back to what you know, like you said, like, that's just what we had growing up. So that's all we know. Exactly. And the cool part too, at the college level is like, most universities have not just, you know, NCAA or NAIA, they have, um, you know, club sports and they even have the fun part like the intramural which is really cool because it keeps everyone involved in whatever sport um they're interested in so 
Exactly. I definitely agree with you. And I wanted to talk about your club experience at Danville Mustangs. I also played in the Bay Area, so I know the level of play that I was at with the Danville Mustangs. They were an ECNL level club. So was that fundamental in your growth and getting recruited into playing college? Definitely. I mean, that was the whole reason why um, my parents, you know, had that discussion with me that, you know, it's time to really make a decision if you want to play you need to go to a club that has ECNL and there's a few clubs luckily in the Bay area that have that option. Um, and Mustang just happened to be the one that I ended up at. And I didn't start on the ECNL team when I went, uh, they had me prove myself (laughs) before I, I got moved up, which I think was really important, um, for me, because when you get to the college level and the professional level, you're proving yourself every single day. Um, there's no off day when it comes to that. Um, but I think playing at Mustang, I was exposed to a lot more college coaches. I was exposed to these players that ended up at North Carolina, Stanford. I mean, these big schools um, that, you know, you grow up hearing about all the time. Um, but it was also different for me because I was an outsider, right? So here's this girl coming from San Leandro yeah. um, into Danville. And it's, it's um, it was a big adjustment for me because growing up, I was playing just around people I knew or, um, you know, that my parents knew from when they were growing up. And so I think that helped me prepare for college life and even going overseas. Um, you know, just having to adjust to new players, new people, um, different styles of play. Um, but definitely playing ECNL was crucial to setting me up, um, for the college level. And was high school soccer a big thing for you? I know personally for me, it kind of was just something that I did for fun and off season. But I saw um, in your bio with St. Mary's that you broke a bunch of records at your high school and were like top scoring. So it might have been something that was fundamental for you. Um, to be honest, I also I was similar to you. High, sc- high school soccer was just for fun, really, um, just to continue getting touches on the ball. And I got to play with my best friend who also was a division one player. So her and I would just enjoy playing for fun. That was the one time where it was a little more relaxed for us on the field. Um, so I wouldn't say it was a huge, um, how do I say this? Like it didn't develop me a ton, but it was just more, it brought fun back to the game. Cause sometimes we get so caught up in, I need to be recruited. I need to be better. And high school was those few months out of the year where you just played and had fun. 100%. I agree with yeah. you. And just playing with like the girls from school obviously was mm-hmm. one of the best parts of it, your friends. Um, exactly. What year in high school did you get recruited to play at St. Mary's? And then was St. Mary's your overall first choice when it came to colleges? Yeah. So um, I actually wasn't sure if I wanted to play D1. I just was kind of going with the flow and I was committed to go to Holy Names at first. Um, <laughs> and okay. the St. Mary's coach had had made um an offer and he um he understood that like financial for financial reasons the school might not be feasible for my family um and holy names kind of they were able to offer a little bit more just for what my family could provide for me at the time um and the saint mary's coach had always left the door open that you know even if you want to do a few years at holy names and transfer in like whatever you want and he always left that door open and luckily um, not luckily, I don't know if it's a good thing, but a girl left the program at St. Mary's, which opened up a little bit more, um, scholarship money. 
And so he called back and was like, I can offer you a little bit more if this helps your family um, get you to St. Mary's. And so luckily, um, thanks to him, he was able to put something together for us. And that's how I ended up at St. Mary's. And it wasn't until my senior year that I was officially committed and signed there. So I was a late commit. Um, Technically, yeah, for, for the school that you went to, obviously. Exactly, exactly. Um, and talk about those four years there. Obviously, the WCC is a really good um, conference there at St. Mary's. Um, I broadcasted for the men's and women's team while I was awesome. at St. Mary's and just loved watching the level of play that the teams got to play yeah. in. Tell me about that. Um, well, if you watch the women's national team, I got to play against Julie Ertz and Lynn Williams. I mean, these big names now and um, they weren't obviously the only amazing players. There's so many great players that have come through the WCC. Um, if you look at Portland, you know, there's just so, so many great schools. Um, but for me, <laughs> it was a big adjustment. Like, I'll never forget my welcome to college moment. Mm. We were playing, and I want to say it was Portland. I mean, I was thrown across the field, and it was a clean tackle. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, like, you show up to college, and these girls are – they can be four years older than you when you're on the field, and they've been lifting for four years, and here you come in 17, 18 years old. <laughs> um, you know, you're used to being one of the better players, I'd say, in your area to be recruited to play, if that makes sense. Then you show up, and everybody's good. And so – um, I think that was my big wake up call. Like everyone's coming in hard. Everyone is fit. Everyone's ready. Um, but I loved it. It was so fun to play against amazing teams and great players. And um, even just the travel aspect of it and going on these trips with your teammates. Um, but yeah, I definitely say playing against players like Julie Ertz was, they were really cool moments. And what, what did you get a, your degree in that St. Mary's? I got my degree in politics. Okay. Uh, which is really interesting right now, but <laughs> with yeah, the world, exactly. but yeah, no, that's what I, I majored in. Cool. And then wanted to fast forward into after college, um, you played overseas. Um, so talk to us a little bit about your opportunities there. Yeah. So I graduated from St. Mary's in 2016. And for that next year, I didn't touch a soccer ball. Like I was done with soccer um, I know you you probably have the same experience. Like we dedicated so many years. Like imagine how many times you've had to tell your friends, like, sorry, I can't go <laughs> because yeah. I have a game in the morning. And so I think that year for me was actually really important to pursuing professional soccer because I had time to reset and kind of find who I was outside of a soccer player. Um, and then it wasn't until last year, 2020. So almost, yeah, three years, four years after not playing um, college, I decided to try to go professional. And I played WPSL in the summer and stuff um, and did some futsal. But yeah, that's how I, I just like one day someone was like, why don't you try to play? And I was like, oh, I don't know, like, I'm kind of just playing in the summers. And they were Wild. like, yeah. yeah, and I had never really been pushed to do that. Like my parents would mention it. But you know, sometimes when your parents say things, you're like, okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> but they were right. Like, it just gave me a different perspective. Like, worst case, if this doesn't work out, I don't want to end my career not trying to play at the next level. Um, and so I just gave it, I gave it a shot. I told my parents, this is what I'm going to do. And they were super supportive. Um, and luckily for me, it worked out, especially because I was starting later at 25, which is um, 
not as common, I'd say. Um, but yeah, and then I just, I put my head down and I was just training nonstop, trying to get back into playing at that level again. Um, so yeah, that's a little background on how I got back into it. But. Perfect. And wanted to talk about, obviously we have um, new women's leagues starting now all over the place in the USL and the NISA. And then obviously our women's national team still trying to fight for that equality in our country for pay and stuff like that. What are you, your views on that? I think it's amazing that they're adding more um, professional leagues and teams to, you know, our country. Um, just like in Ireland, for example, they, our league had nine teams and the total population of Ireland is like 5 million people and they have nine teams. That's how many we basically have in the league here. And we're, mm-hmm. I don't even, we have millions of people living here, you know? Um, and so I think it's super important because as cool it is, as cool as it is to go overseas and play, now it opens up more opportunities for all these talented players leaving the college level um, who are kind of left with no more high-level soccer. Um, and it kind of it just stops for us there. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to go out of your way and, and try to either find an agent or email teams or see if people know people overseas. And I think to have more opportunities here for players is super important. Um, and we'll continue to to raise the level and continue to, um, I think, even help the women's national team fight for equality um, as we continue to grow. I mean, it's important for everyone to see how many talented players there are here in the U.S. I agree with you. And I was actually just for another episode, this I was recording plays overseas in um, Spain, and he was saying, that in the United States, it seems like they're less advanced with the men's game and more advanced in the women's games. And I'm like, no, sir, like it's actually like <laughs> the other way around. Like, does the women's team get a lot of the talk these days? But what's the reason for it? <laughs> exactly. That's so. exactly right. Like, even when I was in Ireland, the girls would always ask me, and they were just so confused as to why we only had a limited amount of playing after college. And I, like word for word, they'd be like, so that's it. As soon as you're done, that's it. I'm like, yep, that's that's the only option we have. If you don't get drafted or don't find a way in, you're either done or you try to go overseas. Exactly. Um, and so, yeah, no, we're definitely more out there, I'd say, in the media. But like you said, for what? Why are we? Why are we being, you know, out in the media so much? That's why I'm super excited. And I was, I was so happy that my boss got on this idea of the women's combine. I pitched it to him because, like you said, yes, there are the few players in our conferences that go to the Stanfords and UCLA's and become the Julie Ertz's of the national team. But if you're not those players, if you go to an NAI school in the middle of Wisconsin, there's no way that you are going to be seen by an NWSL team. Exactly. And that just breaks my heart. It really exactly. breaks my heart. But I think even having this expansion it'll show younger players that even if you go to NAIA D2 there's still opportunity for you because I sometimes think there's this misconception that if you don't go D1 then you can't play overseas or you're not you can't go to that next level which I honestly don't think is true at all I've seen amazing players come out of every single level and I think expanding here in the U.S. will will kind of show that that there'll be more opportunities for players that are coming out of these schools that we might not hear of but are you know they have these quality players 
Um, it'll help younger players be open to more opportunities and not feel weird about doing going to a D2 school or NAIA. I agree 100%. What are your thoughts and emotions about participating in our first ever women's combine for Path to Pro? Are you excited about it? Are you like nervous about it? What are you, what are you thinking? It's no, I'm so excited. I'm so happy. Like you were saying that this is even happening. Um, and it's so important, especially right now with, you know, COVID. And I think I'm a little nervous just because I haven't played since December when I was in Ireland. But that'll go away quick. I think I'm just so excited that, you know, there's going to be all these great players. We're all going to be there together and coaches um, coming together to play and, and showcase ourselves um, to so many other different coaches, whether they're from here or they're from other countries. Um, but I, I love that this has been put together and I can't wait to see it continue to go on for years to come. And um, it's really exciting. Yeah, and I'm excited to see all of you guys at the end of the month. This is like my highlight of this event. I don't even <laughs> care for the men's side anymore, to be honest. I'm so women's these women's games. So um, for the last question, I wanted to just do a fun one. Um, from uh, both of us being obviously St. Mary's alums, I wanted to ask you what your favorite memory from SMC is. Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many good ones. Um, on the field or off the field with your teammates in class, whatever. Yeah, I'm really trying to think of like, we've just had so many funny moments. Like, as you know, even not even at the college level, when you travel with your teammates and go to tournaments, you have to find the most random things to do to occupy mm -hmm. your time. And I'd say like maybe one of the funniest is we were – we were missing a lot of Thursday, Friday of school for the first month. Um, like school had just started and we missed every single Thursday and Friday to travel. Yeah. That just happened to be our schedule. And so we, everyone was like drained in homework and we're traveling and we were just exhausted. And so one night we were like, okay, we need to like relax and have some fun. You know, like you're so focused on the game and getting your homework done. So we all went into like one teammate's room and we were playing like water pong, like just throwing, like, <laughs> just like playing like hydration games. We we're like, we have to be hydrated. Like, how can we do this in a fun way? We were so bored. Um, and I just remember we were like, there was girls throwing up water. Like we were hydrating too much. <laughs> and, like you would have thought it was an actual like college party or something, but we were in there just like hydrating, like crazy, trying to be fun with it, I guess. And the fact that someone ended up throwing up like it was a party, but it was just water was hilarious. We're like, we have really lost our minds. Like we, <laughs> we're partying with water at this point. Um, That's an athlete's so, for you. Oh my gosh. But no, there's so many like fun memories and I'm sure you have a lot of fun memories at St. Mary's and. Oh yeah. 100%. Um, <laughs> <laughs> man. No, but that's probably one of them. And just like you build these lifelong relationships with your teammates that, I don't know, they become your sisters and you spend like we, our apartment was above, there's four of us on a team in an apartment upstairs and then uh, four more downstairs. So that's eight girls within 10 steps of each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like just so many like funny things happen or just random things and and um, in the middle of Moraga. In the middle. Exactly right. If any of you know where Moraga is, you'll understand why this is funny. <laughs> because yeah. it's this tiny oh. town. 
that's either like families or like a retired population and then college students. It's so unique, but I don't know. We make it work, I guess. <laughs> Everybody just makes it work at St. Mary's. But that's all I have. I think this was a great, great podcast. I'm so excited to meet you in person, not just virtually at the yes, end. Yes, the- I'm so excited. And to just watch you do your thing and ball out. And, you know, I wish you all the best for what's to come after the event. Thank you. And I appreciate you again for having me on here and for doing all the work you do. You know, Um, I know, I guess right now I'm technically representing for women on the podcast, but you are too by even doing this and being a big part of Path to Pro. No, really, I mean that. Like you're really representing for women in this way too, which is really cool. Um, Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And that's the episode, guys. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Path Pro podcast. And of course, if you love the content and do not want to miss any upcoming interviews, please make sure to subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Today is February 3rd, which is a very important day to me because it is National Women and Girls in Sports Day. Being a female that works in the sports industry, this day is super important. It's almost like a birthday, if anything, because it recognizes and I get to see other women show off their craft and show off what they do on social media. So it was super crucial for me to have on one of our women's combine players um, this coming February to this podcast episode so you guys could hear her story and see why I'm so excited to see her do her thing at the end of this month. I challenge all my listeners that are listening to this episode today to send a text, give a phone call, or send a DM on social media to a female that you know that works in the sports industry or is a female athlete in any sort of way. Recognition of our hard work is key to us as we continue on working in this industry. And the support from our colleagues, our supporters, male or female, is huge to us. So happy National Woman in Sports Day to all the ladies out there. Let's celebrate today and let's continue on. Watch me do it, watch me do it, look